I, uh, it's a joy to be here with you guys tonight. We had a fantastic time in Lumberton last night. Thank you for praying for us. And um, we had uh, I've been doing some prophetic meetings over there. We had people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. We had healings and miracles. We had a time. So thank you for praying. And uh, I just want to say, really, I want to really just share a couple of thoughts with you. And then we're going to start praying for folks. And just we're just going to ask the Lord to just come and just invade your space. Is that okay? How many of y'all want your space invaded tonight? And uh, I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. But there's a couple things that really are really on my heart. And uh, I think that probably the most significant thing any congregation can do is to develop a culture of prayer. And I want you to understand, prayer is not what you do. Prayer is who you really are. And building a culture of prayer is learning how to develop a prayer life where you're able to transact the, the kingdom of heaven in the earth because ultimately what we have to do in the power in the place of prayer is we have to learn how to bring the kingdom to the earth jesus said when you pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so prayer is really it's a transaction does that make sense it's a trade and i want to use the word trade because i really believe when you build a culture of prayer in any congregation what you're doing is you're bringing it into a place where you're making a trade with the Lord and you're beginning to trade some things off. But I want to talk to you just a little bit, probably about 10 or 15 minutes here, and then we'll start praying and prophesying to some of you guys. Um, there's some things about prayer that I want you to understand and something about trading. The Lord has been speaking to me a lot lately about the trading floor of heaven. So I've been teaching for about a month and a half in places I go about the trading floor of heaven. It takes me about three sessions to do it. And because it's, it is detailed, but you have to have an understanding. But I just want to kind of throw out a couple of tidbits about that because I want you to understand that when you pray, you're making a trade with the Lord. And most of us don't recognize that the trade that we make from the Lord is, is powerful. First of all, I want you to realize anytime you make a trade with the Lord, what you're doing is you're always moving from the lesser to the greater. Does that make sense? In other words, when you make a trade with the Lord, when you're talking to the Lord and you're walking in obedience and the things that we do in our life, it's going to come clear in a minute when I'm, when I, what I mean about making a trade. When you do that, it's because you with the lesser are dealing with the greater who is God and you have to understand that anytime the Lord calls us to do something, he asks something for us, whether it's our time, whether it's our talents, whether it's our money, whether it's our possessions, whatever it is. When the Lord makes a demand on whatever we have from him and we make a trade with him, it's because he is wanting to bless us with the greater. It's kind of like tithing and giving offerings in Malachi chapter 3. I don't have time to teach it all. But Jesus, I mean, Malachi said, the Lord spoke to him and said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and test me and see if I will. So it's interesting because the word of the Lord was, I want you to bring the whole tithe, and if you'll do that, then I'll do this. So the Lord says, I will open the windows of heaven over you, and I will pour out upon you a blessing until there's no room to receive it. But here's what you need to understand. Anytime the Lord is calling you to make a trade with him, it's because he's wanting to bring greater into your life. The Lord gives us 100% to work with. How many of y'all believe everything you have is from the Lord? How many of you believe that? Let me see you. Is that right? Everything you have is from the Lord. So he starts out by giving you 100%, and then he says, I want you to take a portion of that 
100% that I give you, and I want you to make a trade with me. And if you'll bring this amount, whatever it is, if it's money or whatever, uh, if you'll bring this amount of what I'm asking for you, if you'll present it to me, then I'll do this. Because he said, I'll, if you bring your whole tithe in, I'll open the windows of heaven over you. I'll rebuke the devourer, yada, yada, yada. So he talks about the trade that he makes. And so you got to understand, number one, God always gives you 100% to work with. Second thing you need to understand is when he asks a portion of it, it's always because he wants to bless the portion that you give him so that you have more. Turn your neighbor and say, the purpose is getting more. Now, I want you to, now, sometimes people say, well, no, wait a minute. I don't give to get. Well, I beg to differ with you. You do too. Because any time that you make a trade with the Lord, anytime you walk in obedience with the Lord, God's going to give you the greater on the end result because you give a portion or you give a part, God's going to bring back to you multiplication. It's a multiplied blessing. It's the increase that comes. And so we got to understand that whenever we make trades with the Lord, we're literally stepping into a place and we're saying to the Lord, Lord, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to respond to what you're asking of me. And in my response, Lord, I, I'm going to receive from you greater than what I actually give. So you need to understand that prayer, prayer is a trade. And I'm going to show you that in Scripture. But here's what I want you to see going in. All right, look at uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7. It says this, but without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Say this with me. I'm the lesser, and I will be blessed by the greater who is God. How many of y'all know God's always greater than we are? How many of y'all know his resources are greater than ours? And it's interesting to realize in this, in this passage, he's talking about Melchizedek and Abraham and all like that, but here's what he was saying. He's saying, you need to understand, the lesser who was Abraham was blessed by the greater who was Melchizedek, who was Jesus, but also you need to understand that the lesser is always blessed by the greater. And there's no dispute in that. So here's what you need to realize. Whenever you get into a place of prayer and you build a culture of prayer, what happens is you're stepping into a place where you're making a trade with the Lord. And when you make a trade with the Lord in prayer, what's happening is God's saying, I want you to bring me this and I'll bring you that. Last night I had a, a couple of... Uh, Ladies come forward in, in the service, and they knew that I prayed for a number of women to have babies. And uh, they had uh, one lady had a daughter, and another lady had a friend who was barren and could not have children. So they brought baby blankets to me and said, Would you pray over these and anoint them like you talked about? You know, a couple of years ago, I told some stories there, and they said, We heard you tell it. We want you to do what you did then. I said, Okay. So I anointed these baby blankets. And I told them whenever I anointed them and prayed for them, I said, now you take these, give these to these women, but if you can get them to one of my meetings, I need to lay hands on them and pray for them if at all possible. However, what you need to understand is we're trading from the lesser to the greater. And you need to tell them that what's happening is the blessing of the Lord rests upon the prayer that we're offering. And just like whenever Paul took handkerchiefs and aprons off of his body and they laid them on the sick people, the sick people were healed. So I said, there's a trade that's taking place. They're trading their barrenness for children. And so I began to explain to them about the power of prayer. And in order to understand the power of prayer and to build a prayer culture, you've got to understand that the prayers that you're praying and offering to the Lord are not meaningless, empty, futile words. The words that you present in prayer to the Lord, you're making a trade, and God is listening to you as a lesser and as a greater. He's acting on the things that you're, you're actually petitioning or uh, bringing supplications for him. And so your prayers literally are opportunities to make that trade where the greater blesses you. 
And so we got to understand that whenever God starts working in our life, it's really about stepping into a greater measure. So this idea that when I give to the Lord, I'm going to do without is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. When you give to the Lord, you're not going to do without anything. You're going to be blessed into the greater. Does that make sense? See, the the enemy wants you to believe if you give something up to the Lord, it's wasted for you and there is no um, recompense, there is no profitability that will come out of your life. But I'm just telling you right now, whatever you give to the Lord will always be blessed to come back to you in a multiplied fashion. And the Lord is not about getting you into a lesser. He's about getting you into a greater because, because that's who he is. And so when you're praying according to the Lord's Prayer and you're praying for the kingdom of heaven to come to the earth and the will of God to be done in the earth, what you're doing is is you're saying, Lord, where we are today, we are lesser, we need your greater. How many of y'all know that heaven's always greater than the earth? So whenever you're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, you're pulling the greater down to the earth and the earth is changing because of that. Now, there's, there's, there's two passages. One happens to be in uh, Matthew chapter 11 and another is in Matthew chapter 25. And, and I'm going to let you go and read those for yourself. I'll give you the place they are. But in Matthew chapter 11, we hear Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he makes a statement to them and he says this. Come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you what? And I, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. Now, what did he say? If you're weary and heavy laden, if you'll come, and if you'll bring me your yoke, I'll give you what? What's he trading with you? Your tiredness, your weariness for his rest. How many of y'all know his rest is better than your weariness? You see, Jesus is actually calling to you, and he's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to come make a trade with me. I have something for you, but if you don't come trade with me, I can't give you what I have. Guys, listen to me. More Christian people live in lack and deficiency because they don't know and they do not understand the power of trading with the Lord. They drag their life out thinking that they have to live the way that they are for the rest of their life, and maybe the Lord will drop a couple of crumbs out of heaven. Let me just tell you something right now. The Lord is offering trades to us in the kingdom right now, and if we'll step into that trade and make that trade with Him, we'll be the recipient of the greater here in the earth today. You and I don't have to wait around until we die and go to heaven to have the riches of the kingdom. He's trying to give us possession possession of those riches right now. Amen? That's why he said, if you're weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest, but you got to make a trade. You can't keep your weariness and you can't keep your tiredness and your heavy ladenness. You can't keep that and have the rest of the Lord also. you got to give up something in order to get what he's going to give you. Amen? Got it? So whatever you're coming to pray for tonight, Whatever you're laying at the altar of the Lord, whatever you're going to transact in prayer, whatever trade you're going to make with the Lord tonight, you know what's going to happen? You're going to walk out of here with greater than you came in if you choose to. Now, here's the deal. You can't have anything from the Lord if you're not willing to trade with him. You've got to give something up in order to take on what he has for you. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's so. Because what you have which is lesser, keeps you in deficiency. And whatever God puts upon you is going to take you into the largeness, the bigness, the expansiveness of the Lord. We really are in an Ephesians 3.20 time. We're in the exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. We're living in the period of time where the Lord is trying to say to us, what I want to do is I want to put on you more than you could ever imagine I can put in your life. However, you've got to give your lack up in order to get my abundance. How many of y'all are ready to get rid of your lack? 
Let me tell you, I've seen God do some extraordinary things. See, I got to get out of my lack in order to get into the abundance. So in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling the parables of the kingdom. And he said the kingdom of heaven is comparable to, and then he talks about uh, several different uh, concepts in Matthew chapter 25, but in the middle of the chapter, he talks about the parable of the talents. And he said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was going to go on a journey, and he gave his servants, one servant five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. And in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 25, it says this. It says the one who had five talents went and traded with them and gained five more. What did he do? He traded. He took what he had and he traded until he doubled what he had. And whenever the, 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 the man came home, he walked up to him and he said, You gave me five. I want you to know I went and I traded these five and I got five more. Now I'm bringing you ten talents back. You're five plus the five I made for you. And you know what? You know what the, the, the master said? He said, Good and well done, good and faithful servant. He looked at him and he said, you're wise. You made a trade. And you know what Jesus was saying? The kingdom is like a man who learns how to make a trade. And, of course, the, the guy with two did the same thing. But the guy with one buried what he had. And whenever he went back to his master, he gave him one talent back. And he said, you wicked slave, you wicked servant. Now, what made him wicked? The thing that made him wicked was he took what he, his master had given him and he didn't make a trade with it. He sat on it. He hid it, he buried it, and one day he came back and he thought he was doing good because he brought to the master that little bit. Could it be, now just think about this, could it be that maybe, could it be that maybe God is trying to tell us something in this parable of the kingdom of heaven and maybe it's the Father trying to tell us, look, what I want you to do is I want you to take what I have and I want you to make trades and I want you to have increase. And guys, listen to me. The kingdom, the kingdom is about increase. It's about bringing us into a place to where we experience the greater of God. So you need to understand that whenever we build a culture of prayer like we're doing tonight, when we come to this place to pray, this is not just about doing our duty for an hour and a half or so and then going on. I'm telling you, probably what's happening here tonight is the most significant thing that takes place in the life of this church. You know why? Because everything that God does great is always preceded by a people who will pray, make trades with him, and learn how to walk out what he desires to give them. Every great move of God I have ever read about and studied in my life was preceded by a group of people who were willing to invest themselves in prayer, make trades with God in prayer, and, and, and make steps out of the prayer time into the destiny and the purpose for which they are called. you got to understand, what you're doing tonight, guys, is the most significant thing that you could ever do. You're trading with heaven. You're trading with the Father. And what you present to Him tonight of your life, and whatever you present to Him of your need, whatever you present to Him of wherever you're going. You're literally trading into your destiny and your purpose and wherever you are tonight is the least place that you will ever be in this lifetime. You got to believe that. When you realize that where you are right now is the very least that you will ever be for the rest of your life, you'll get excited about trading with God. I make a trade every day. I made a trade with the Lord today. I'm going to make a trade with him tomorrow. 
I'm going to learn how to enter that trading floor. I'm going to be like that wise servant says, you gave me five talents, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to trade until you come back again. And whenever you come back, I'm not going to have five. I'm going to have 15, 20, 25, 30. If you don't want to trade with yours, I'll get yours and trade with it myself. You know why? Because I understand. I know what God's doing. I understand what's happening. I understand the power of prayer. I understand that whenever I go to the Lord and I begin to pray, there's a shift that takes place. And right now in the nation that we live in, we need to be praying for our government right now. We need to be praying for our country right now. Listen, there are some trades that need to be made, and the people of God that learn how to trade effectively with the Lord can see God doing radical things. Let me tell you about two real quick, all right? And then we're going to pray. Uh, Dutch and I were talking about this. He's telling me this story. This is a deal that he went through. And uh, they had gone into the White House. Bush was president at the time. He was getting ready to support uh, or to uh, nominate a Supreme Court justice. And uh, he li- it, this is a place where John Roberts actually was put on as a chief justice. But he was going to, um, he was actually going to go in and appoint another justice or chief justice. So Dutch and a couple of people went in to pray in the White House. And they're walking through the White House praying, and one of the intercessors with them says, man, I keep, I keep hearing we need to pray for the horses. He said, we're, get focused. We're here to pray for a justice, okay? We're talking about the chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. And they kept walking around praying, and the intercessor said, I just think we need to pray for the horses. He said, listen to me. We're not praying for horses. We're praying for a, a chief justice of the Supreme Court, okay? You got this? We're going to pray for this. Finally, the third time, she said, I don't know. I just think we need to be praying for horses. He said, okay, fine. Let's pray for horses. You pray for horses, we'll agree with horses. Then we're going to get back on point, and we're going to start praying about this Supreme Court justice. So she prayed for horses. They finished up their prayer time, left the White House. A couple of days later is whenever President Bush is making his nomination. He called in his, his uh, trusted advisors, and lawyers at this time. And they talked to him, and at the last moment, he changed from the guy he was going to nominate to John Roberts. And it came out in the, the papers that the president consulted the four horsemen. The four guys that were his chief counsel were called the four horsemen. And it was, listen, it was their recommendation that swayed the president to change who he was going to put on the court. And he said, I walked out of that, and he said, I I know you prophets are strange. He's talking to me. He said, I know y'all are strange and weird, but I'm going to listen to you. I don't care if I have to pray for horses. I'll pray for horses. (laughs) What was happening? He was picking up, or this, this lady who was intercessor was picking up the name of the group of men that would help make the decision and sway the president. Listen, they were making a trade. You see, there was a trade that was coming. So you got to understand the power of the trade, the power of prayer when we get into these things. Duncan Campbell was another one. If you've ever heard of the Hebrides revivals, it was actually begun by several ladies in the Hebrides Islands that were praying, and they were asking the Lord to send revival. And whenever they were praying that the Lord would send revival, they began fasting. And you see, their fasting and their prayer became the trade. Do you realize when you fast, you're trading with the Lord when you're praying? You're doing one thing, but when you begin to pray and then you fast, you're trading food, you're trading whatever you're fasting from. You're making a trade and saying, Lord, I'm giving this to you in order to receive that. 
So you're actually, when you fast and pray, that's what's taking place. Well, they were fasting. They were praying. The Lord spoke to them and says, pray for Duncan Campbell to come. Duncan Campbell was going to speak at the Keswick meetings in England at the time. It was a premier preaching platform of guys during that day. He was up to speak next. And the Lord spoke to him and said, get up right now, go to the Hebrides. He said, Lord, I'm fixing to preach. He said, get up right now, go home, pack your bags, get on the ship, go to the Hebrides immediately. And he began to wrestle with the Lord. He said, Lord, you don't understand. This is my opportunity to speak at the Keswick meetings. Lord, you've provided this opportunity for me. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm providing a greater opportunity for you. If you will trade me what you're about to do, I will use you in a greater way. He got up, went home, packed his bags, went down, got on the ship, went out to the Hebrides Islands, got off the boat, not knowing what he was going to do, and the man was standing there and says, Dr. Campbell, we're waiting for you. We have tea ready for you. We've got your place to stay, and the revival meetings start tonight at 7 o'clock. And he said, what are you talking about? He said, we've been praying and fasting for the Lord to send revival, and we asked the Lord to send you here. And through our fasting and our prayer, the Lord told us the date that he was going to send you and when the revivals will start. If you'll look, there there are... uh, Uh, notices all over the island of the meetings that start tonight. Duncan Campbell walked into that meeting that night. He preached for the first time, and the Hebrides revivals broke out. And we're still talking about it today. You know what happened? They made a trade. Some people on the islands got hungry enough for God. They began to fast and pray. And in their fasting, they made a trade with the Lord. And so, Lord, we will fast and pray to see revival come in our islands. (laughs) don't you tell me what you're doing down here on Monday night is insignificant. I'll just tell you right now, it's probably the most significant thing in the life of this church and in the life and the destiny and the purpose of this city. You see, because the truth is, this is where we make the trades with the Lord in order to step into that place. When I prophesy to people, I'm making a trade. You know what I'm doing? I'm calling them out of where they are into where they need to be. You see, the prophetic is not visiting your history. The prophetic is taking you into your destiny. And when we prophesy, we don't prophesy to your yesterday. We prophesy to your tomorrow. Because the prophetic is not about some weird, strange thing that causes people to have a warm, fuzzy feeling and a spiritual experience that they can brag to everybody about. The prophetic is about taking people into the destiny of the Lord in their life. It's about moving people forward into an encounter where they begin to experience the power of God in their life and they step into the greater of the Lord. And guys, listen to me right now. I don't care who you are, wherever you are tonight, you can choose to step into the greater because you the lesser are are blessed by the greater God and we're here tonight in the pursuit of his presence in order to have an encounter with God that we can literally shake this city and we can begin to do some things that is absolutely radical in the eyes of men but in the eyes of the Father it is simple obedience that brings about the blessing of the Lord and I'm telling you right now God never intended for you to live in lack of anything because he is a good God that supplies everything to his sons and his daughters and he is an exceeding abundant God and he wants you to step into a realm where you see things way beyond where you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're dealing with. I'm telling you right now, your good father is about to release you into something that's going to blow your mind, bless your socks off, and you're going to have something to talk about to the nations around you. I'm telling you, God's setting you up to bless the inheritance that he has given you. And you've got to understand the heritage and the legacy that you're building right now is about people going forward. I'm sorry I don't mean to yell I'm just excited 
when you get this trading thing down in your spirit and you understand that the lesser is blessed by the greater, you won't hardly sleep at night. Because when you go to bed, you'll be thinking, my God, when I wake up in the morning, what's in store for me? The Lord started teaching us about this thing of <laughs> trading. Patricia and I gave a first fruit offering. We gave a one, week's, one week of our pay, whole pay, whole week's pay. We gave that as a first fruit to the Lord. And said, so, Lord, we're going to test this trading thing. We're going to see, God, what you do. In three weeks, we had four times back what we traded with. I did. I put it to the test. A lot of people say, are you crazy? Nope, I'm obedient. I believe that my God is greater. And I believe that the Lord is going to open up doors. Now, don't you do that unless the Lord tells you to do it. He told us to do it. And I'm just telling you right now, the Lord proved a fact in my life. This is what he proved. He proved the fact that he is always the one who will move us into the greater aspect. And he will move us into the greater glory. How many of y'all know from glory to glory he's changing you? Now, some of y'all, y'all think it's from ditch to ditch he's changing you. But I'm telling you, it's from glory to glory. You may be coming out of the ditch, but you don't have to go into another one. All right? You got to understand God is a traitor. So what are we doing tonight? This is all I want to say. What are we doing tonight? We're trading. And we're moving from here to there. And we're literally coming to a place. And I'm just telling you right now, I prophesied yesterday to him. Y'all say I'm listening. I want to make sure you're paying attention to what I'm saying. You're going to have seven campuses. Seven. Look at your neighbor and say Seven. And that could just be the start. That could just be the beginning. You got two going on three right now. Got one down in Mexico y'all giving oversight to. How many of y'all know when you're apostolic, it goes way beyond the city limits? Come on now. Somebody shout hallelujah at me. Could it be, could it be that because of what you're doing in here on Monday night, could it be? that you're establishing the trading floor of heaven for the harbor to be able to move into her destiny and to do the work of the kingdom, not only here but abroad. I'm just telling y'all, you're going to South America, okay? You're going to South America. Well, that's a long way. I don't care. Go get a passport, okay? Go get a passport. If you ain't got one, shame on you. Go get you one. If you don't have a passport, you're not acting in faith. It's kind of like Wigglesworth. This lady brought a little boy to Wigglesworth, and <clears throat> the kid didn't have any feet. And she said, uh, well, I want you to pray for my, for my little boy to have feet. And he looked down, and he says, where are the socks and the shoes? She said, well, we don't have any. He said, no, I ain't going to pray for him until you get your faith engaged. Go get you some socks and shoes and bring them back here, and I'll pray for the boy. He wouldn't pray for the kid until they came up with a pair of socks and a pair of shoes. She left the meeting, went out and found some socks and some shoes, came back. She said, okay, I'm ready. He said, fine, put them on the kids. She slipped the socks over the stumps and put the shoes on, and feet grew into the two shoes. You know what the socks and shoes were? Obedience, an act of faith, and a trade. She was trading her child's Stumps for two feet. But she had to get something on the feet. You want to go to South America? Go get you a passport. Well, I'll get a passport when we get to South America. No, 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 no. You get the passport first. 
You act in faith first. That's the interesting thing about the Lord. You can't make a trade with God until you bring something to trade with. God can't, listen, you got to bring something to trade with, guys. i got to quit. I have got to stop. No, I'm about to get. If you don't have anything to trade with, you can't make a trade. That's kind of like, kinda, I, I went up there to the dealership today, get that whatever that was you give me. Uh, you know, how, can you trade with a guy, can you trade cards with a guy that doesn't bring a card to trade with? No, you can sell him one, but you can't trade with him. You know, in order to trade, you've got to have something to trade. You've got to bring something to the Lord. That's why David says, I will not offer to the Lord my God that which cost me nothing. He had, to, he had to go to the trading floor of heaven. He had numbered the people, brought a pestilence on the land. Folks were dying left and right. He went out to the, to the, to the threshing floor of Oran and says, I need this threshing floor. He said, what are you going to do? I'm going to build an altar to the Lord. I'll give it to you. He said, no, sir, I've got to buy it for the full price. And David went out and got the money, and he bought the threshing floor for the full price, built an altar, and whatever he offered to the Lord, God stayed the pestilence in the land and stopped it. What happened? David brought an investment in a trade before God, and he built the altar, and he said, I will not offer to my God, my Lord, my Savior. I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. Guys, let me tell you something. Quit trying to trade God out of nothing. Bring something before the Lord and make a trade with him. Put something yourself in. Whatever that trade is, I don't know what God's going to ask you to trade for. I'm not, I don't know what he's going to ask you to trade with. But I will tell you this, whatever the Lord asks out of you, it's worth it. Because whatever God says bring to me, you need to do it with joy because when you make that trade, what you got coming to you is way, way, way greater than what you have. Amen? When you see it, you'll, you'll, you'll understand the power of that. Amen? Father, we just ask you, Lord, give us a heart of traders. Lord, we want to be a trader, a T-R-A-D-E-R. God, we want to be one who will step in and to make the trades of the kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the release of kingdom dynamics, the release of kingdom authority. And, uh, Lord, I'm asking right now that you would give us that desire. If you, if you really want to be a trader with the Lord, you want to learn to trade with the Lord, I want you just to say this with me. Father... In Jesus' name, I ask that you give me a heart to trade with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit myself to make a trade just like the man with the five talents who traded, gained five more, and presented back to the master. Father, I want to do the same with you. I want to take what you've given me. I want to trade with it. And I want to bring you more. Because I know, Lord, that your blessing in my life will pull me out of where I am into where I choose to be. So I choose to trade, to move into my destiny. In Jesus' name.